You're listening to For the Love of Freelance. Today we're talking with Diana Davis, a former photographer and graphic designer turned business coach who is currently nomadic traveling the world. We're talking all things pivoting as a freelancer, making it work as a digital nomad, and growing our businesses at different levels. Today, I am so excited to have with me my really good friend, Diana, who I've known for over five years in freelancing females and beyond. Diana is a business coach that empowers creative entrepreneurs to ditch the hustle, land their dream clients, and scale to new heights. Formerly a photographer and graphic designer in New York City, she's out to debunk the idea of the starving artist and the idea that you have to have a traditional job to make the money you want and have the life you desire, which we know very well here at Freelancing Females. If you really know her, you know she's a good mix of the woo-woo and realistic, is a Gemini to the max, and is currently nomadic, traveling the world. Welcome, Diana. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I think today is going to be an amazing conversation I have been watching through social media all of your beautiful travels, and I can't wait to hear more about it. Oh my gosh, I'm all over the place. Talk about Gemini. We're, we're everywhere, <laughs> so I'm here to talk about it. Yes, we are. To get started, we're going to do a small speed round of questions to get our juices flowing. Are you ready? Do it. Let's do it. What is your latest guilty pleasure? Mmm. Well, we were just kind of talking about this before we started. I would say probably eating out comes top of mind because I'm a huge foodie. I'm already into that. For example, my friends and I decided to drive to Slovenia at the beginning of July just to go to a restaurant. So that's like my MO already. But because I'm nomadic, I haven't cooked myself a meal in a really long time except for like maybe scrambled eggs in the morning, because there's just no point in getting a bunch of groceries and all of that, and then having to leave and waste a bunch of stuff. So big guilty pleasure is eating out. You could probably also say traveling. Yeah. (laughs) Big guilty pleasure. Yeah. And you've been traveling through some of the most amazing cities in the world. So why not take advantage of it? Oh my God. Food is such a big part of the culture in places. So yep. It's a good excuse. (laughs) What is the best tool you're using for your business right now? Mm, That's a great question. You know, something we use a ton to the max is Trello. I'm a big advocate for Trello from list building to course creation and not hosting a course on Trello, but really mapping it out and planning it as well as even just our systems and CRM, like when someone applies for Camp Clarity, they get zapped over to Trello and then they move over in the process as they are putting in their application on the wait list, then getting a discovery call, that kind of thing. So we use it at its highest capacity and it's definitely a core thing for our business. That's awesome. Tell me about your week so far in three words. Oh, wow. Okay. Geminis use more than three words. This is hard. Hike, friendship, and connection. Well, you have lived in Bozeman before, so friendship makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah. And so does hiking, right? And hiking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you currently inspired by? Honestly, my clients. I had, I think, four calls before this, a group call, as well as a couple one-on-one calls and another mastermind call. And I just get off of these calls and I just see the transformation of my people and what they're doing and how they're killing it and how they're showing up. And it's really fun because I do coach creative entrepreneurs. So I have everyone from yogis to consultants, to stylists, to photographers, and it's just really inspiring to see all of them kind of live their truth and do what they love. So it's really cool to be surrounded by people I'm inspired by like 24-7. I feel the same way with the community. So I totally agree with that one. Yeah. Where's Diana's next destination on this nomadic journey? <laughs> I am headed. It's one eleven. also. I just looked at the clock. Um, I'm headed to Denver right after this just for the weekend. That's where I'm technically quote unquote based because I have a storage unit there. <laughs> Um, and then I'm headed to Costa Rica for five days, then New York, then Australia. It's kind of mapped out for a while, but Costa Rica's on my list too. I've never been. I'll be there like in the next six months. So, okay. I know nothing. I'm going in with no expectations. We went to a wedding in Costa Rica and stayed at a resort called King Cara. Okay. And it is the most incredible place. We took a bus. It was about two hours, I believe, maybe a little bit more. Traveled through the rainforest. I mean, we were right on top of a cliff with this bus trying to get to Kinkara. But it is all tents and it's like a glamping situation. They make all of their own food off of the land. They have a woodworking shop, so everything is made there. They make their own kombucha, their own coffee, their own milks. It was like some of the best food that I've ever had. I would highly recommend if you can go to Kinkara for a day or two. That sounds incredible. Sounds like a good retreat spot. It does, which I know you've got going on. So we'll talk more about that later. Well, I want to jump into your journey because I've known you for five, six years now and You've gone through so much growth this year, and we're going to get into that in a moment, but I want to go back to about five years ago, Diana. You were just leaving Hearst and starting off your freelance business. Can you bring us along on the journey that got you here today? Cool, because my business birthday when I got laid off and just started going for it is this month, so it's exactly five years, and that's actually maybe the month that I met you. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. So happy mini anniversaries to us. (laughs) Business birthday buddies. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I got laid off from Hearst. I was a graphic designer in magazines in New York. Really my goal was to just get to New York, get a job and be able to live there. So the fact that I was even doing something in my industry in the first place was pretty mind blowing to me. I was willing to work like three waitressing jobs to be there if I needed to, but I happened to network my way into a job at Time Inc. And then I went over to Hearst. Honestly, it was the most miserable thing I've ever done. (laughs) It just wasn't great. The office was super catty. It wasn't my style, but it was shiny. And, you know, from the outside looked really cool. I was sitting next to like the 17 magazine staff and that kind of stuff. So childhood dreams come true. 
Right. And everyone thinks it's like just this sparkly New York situation. And then you see the actual cubicles and you're like, oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I got laid off. It was one of the best days of my life. I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm going to tell you something and it sounds bad, but I need you to be excited about it because I'm actually really stoked. Like I just lost my job. So I then networked some and got some inspiration to really go full-time entrepreneur. And that was a big decision that I needed to make to really make it work. Because I think if I would have been sort of looking for other jobs at the same time and not really, you know, going for it full-time with the entrepreneurship stuff, I would have failed at both. (laughs) So I just told myself by you know, it's September by December. If you're broken, miserable, you'll get a job. But until then, really just go a hundred percent. So I did. And I started photographing. I was a photographer as well, but I hadn't picked up my camera in quite a few years. I started photographing women in wellness, like yogis and fit pros and nutritionists, as well as eventually like vitamin brands, deodorant companies, clean beauty, things like that. And I was hustling. I was going for it. I was having 11 shoots a week. I was, you know, in Central Park at 7 a.m. and Brooklyn Bridge at 7 p.m. saying yes to every single thing, not charging enough, all of the above, you know, and don't forget I was, this is when Tia and I met and getting into the freelancing females community, which was so cool to even just see what other people were charging and realizing we can talk about this stuff because no one would talk about it in corporate. Mm -hmm. So figuring all of that out was quite the crash course in entrepreneurship. So long story long, I guess, fast forward to 2020, I had a successful six-figure photography business. I was quote unquote crushing it. I was busy People were telling me I looked really busy. I didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing. I felt like I was burning out. And eventually the panini happened. The panini. (laughs) Yeah, who shall not be named. Um, We had a forced break. That was the first time I'd ever had a break and a routine and started meditating and just like some actual self-care gave me the space and kind of the void to be able to pivot over to business coaching. So I just kind of started doing that. And ever since I've been business coaching full-time for two years, and I I did my last shoot in August of 2020 and haven't had a paid shoot since and don't desire to. And that all was just a stepping stone to where I'm at. And I'm sure that even what I'm doing right now is a stepping stone to the next thing. Again, very Gemini manifesting generator energy over here. But yeah, so now I'm nomadic, not living in New York, but coming back to New York soon and just loving everything that I'm doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing about the freelancers journeys just because everyone's is usually so different. But I think most of us have like a really pivotal moment that like if this hadn't happened, we wouldn't be where we are today. What do you consider to be your most pivotal moment? Gosh, there were so many, right? And I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. so many for everyone. But if I had to pick one, honestly, getting laid off was huge, obviously, Mm -hmm. because I really needed pushed off that cliff. And those people 
who actually can just quit their jobs. I give them so much credit because it's so brave. Yes. Right? It is so brave. I needed to be like full force cartoon style pushed off the cliff to make it happen. But I also, February 2020, I had a really, really tough month. I didn't know the pandemic was going to be happening yet. It was kind of just talks of it. Um, But in general, I had a really tough month. I wasn't bringing in the income that I thought I would bring in. I didn't know when the next thing was coming. I was pretty desperate. I was pretty anxious. Um, A lot of just like mental health lows and just not knowing the future, which can be really hard as a freelancer and entrepreneur. And I finally started getting help. And that was a huge pivotal point. Like I hired a business coach for the first time. I outsourced my website, even though I was a graphic designer and I should be able to do it myself. And that kind of started rolling me into the possibilities of what else was out there and how I could make my my business more resilient. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't such a fucking roller coaster. So that really was like that pivotal moment, pivotal month where I was able to finally find success in what I'm doing now and not be hustling and have space in my schedule and not be burnt out and do something that I really love. So I think that would be the one that's most like resonant right now for me. Yeah. I was also fired from my position. Congrats. And that is why I started freelancing full-time. And I definitely don't think I ever would have been able to just quit a position and do it full time. I have a father who is very pick a company and work there for 20 years and retire and Mm -hmm. have a 401k and all these traditional mindset things that when I got fired, I was kind of forced to like make a decision. Like, do I want to like enter the workforce again and risk getting fired again? Like I realized there wasn't as much stability as my dad had always said there was in a traditional job. Mm. So I actually found that I was able to have a more stable life freelancing and have more control of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Getting fired allowed me to see that. That's such a good reframe, you know, because people think freelancing is so unstable, but it's so true. You're leaving your fate in your boss's hands every day, no matter how much they say, we so love you and we appreciate you and here's whatever. They could fire you at any point and they don't care. Oh, yeah. I had gotten like a raise two weeks before I was fired. So I definitely didn't see it coming. But it was a good thing at the end of the day. When you're laid off from a full-time job, you lose your entire salary. Whereas if you lose a client, that could be one-tenth, one-third, you know, but you still have other clients usually to bounce back on, which is great. You know, you're managing your own journey. So if you want more clients, you can go get them. If you don't, and It can be uh, so much quicker than finding a nine to five. Totally. Totally. We make money out of thin air. Pretty crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Diana, you made it really seem like you were like super hustling when you were starting, but did you ever face challenges like getting clients? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How did you overcome that? Oh, it was just, like I said, such a roller coaster. It always kind of, I'm very woo and like really personal development junkie. But I really found that it correlated with my mindset. As soon as my mindset was shit, the pipe was blocked. It was like, clients are not coming. They're not coming in. And as soon as I would finally just let it go and kind of trust fall, let the universe do its job, I would like sweet green would email me 
and I for a shoot and I'm like, what? Like, wow, <laughs> how did this even happen? You know, but it was just, I think the consistency in those first three years was really, really tough. And just sometimes it rained and poured and sometimes it was just dry season and you never really kind of knew when things were coming in or not, which was very jolting mentally. It's super jolting to uh, come from many clients and then lose other clients. But I think, you know, today you have seen so much growth, especially in the last couple of years, and you've gone from having clients to uh, now teaching others to get clients. So I kind of want to learn more right now about who Diana Davis is today, because it started like two years ago, you said, when you hired a coach and you kind of took a step back. So the journey is now here. Where did it bring you? Yeah, I am so much more confident, not only in myself and my business, but also feel really empowered. And that's my wish for other freelancers and entrepreneurs is that they could just truly stand in their power and their gifts and know that it's meant to be out in the world and they deserve to be paid for it, you know, that it's helpful to other people too. And I think I really started to see that. It felt like things, especially having a business coach and having someone reflect back to you, you know, what your strengths are, coach you, keep you accountable, also cheer you on. Like entrepreneurship is so lonely sometimes, which is why communities like freelancing females are so damn important. We don't have colleagues to go to work with and see, right? So who I was then was someone who was willing to hustle her ass off to make it work and happen to succeed because I have that work ethic. Yep. But who I am now is more in control and like the CEO mindset, someone who is delegating, someone who has a team, someone who knows when income is coming in in her business versus guessing and like refreshing my email inbox and someone who can be a leader to other creatives to really get them on the right track and hopefully avoid like the potholes in the road. So it's just a very different vibe. It is completely. And I know, you know, once we started hiring others at Freelancing Females, it kind of gave me so much more time to think of the big picture, which I had been in the weeds for so long. So when was it time for Diana to move from freelance business to entrepreneurial business where you offer coaching, podcasts, retreats now? And when did you decide it was going to be time to hire a team and take the leap? Yeah. So I remember it was actually my first coach, Emily Merrill, who was also a really good friend of mine. Yes. And mine. Yeah. Six Degrees Society. It's such a other good community. From the very beginning, before way before I started coaching with her, she's like, Diana, you've got to stop calling yourself a freelancer. Because I wasn't really. It was like, I think there's a there's a difference between, and there's nothing wrong with freelancing, but there's a difference between kind of freelancing and doing maybe like hourly or project-based work underneath someone else. And I would love to hear your take on this. You might totally disagree. Versus being an entrepreneur and kind of having your own packages and services that you offer to the public. And it's not really like, okay, I'm freelancing for 
you know, Northwestern Mutual and doing their social media design, which by the way, I was, which wasn't an exciting thing to do, but it was like a cushion that I needed. So that was like really freelancing. And then the entrepreneurial was more like, here's who I am as a business. Here's my packages, products, offering services. And that was even in the photography days. So I always said my graphic design was freelancing. My photography was more entrepreneurial. And then once I went business coaching, it was full blown entrepreneurial for sure. And you could still coach as a freelancer, right? You could be a coach underneath a company, you could consult, you could do that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was a big shift. And even like in my mindset of like, wait, I'm a business owner (laughs) versus just, you know, popping around to different design studios or magazines and being an hourly rate person, which again, there's nothing wrong with. There's just a lot more hats, I think, with the entrepreneur side, if you're really building like a whole ecosystem. And when it was time to hire, honestly, I feel like every person you ever hear says outsource and hire before you're ready. Like that's the thing they would advise other people to do. I definitely drug my feet on hiring. I was just like, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. I like my autonomy. I don't want to be, you know, tied to anyone else. I don't want to have to mentor someone else, you know, and worry about what they're doing. I don't want to lose control also over the things in my business. But pretty soon it just, when it feels right, it's time, but you can't force me to do something I don't want to do. So my coaches were like, you need to put out a job description. You need to conduct interviews. And it just was, there was so much resistance in my body. Like, please don't make me do that. I don't have time to do that, let alone, you know, train someone. So I actually, my assistant who's been with me for almost a year and a half, she commented on my post and I just went, I was like, who is, who are you? And she happened to be in Bozeman, Montana, which is where I'm at right now. And I know a lot of people here. So I kind of snooped and just was like, you are in Bozeman. I thought I knew everyone in Bozeman. Who are you? We should connect. Also your bio says virtual assistant. Let's talk. I hired her the next day. So it just fell into place. And that's also an example of how you can land clients on Instagram. So there you go. And then since then we have Maria who's in LA. She's originally from Ecuador, which she's planning a retreat for us hopefully in Ecuador, which is super exciting. That's and incredible. Yeah. we Now we have a team of three plus like a bunch of contractors that come in and out on a project basis. I love that story because, you know, your business has grown exponentially. And I think one of the things was when you first started hiring your first virtual assistant as your first hire. Yep. Did that allow you a lot more freedom in your business? And now are you saying, should I not have drug my feet so long? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think too, like with anything, it's going to happen when you're ready. It's when just you're like, ready. yeah, you can't tell someone to quit smoking until they're ready to quit smoking type of a no, thing. Yeah. It's like, it has to be the right timing and you have to be open to it. So I don't know that even if I would have given myself that advice, I would have done it any earlier, but I know that since then there is no way they're leaving me they can't leave me. I cannot function without them. So I'm so grateful for my team. That's how I feel about Anna. Do you think that having a team makes it easier or harder to travel? Ooh, 
That's a good question. Just because like different time zones and you have to check in. and Yeah. I mean, we were just figuring out <laughs> mountain standard time, overlapping Australian time, overlapping Paris time. Because a course over three months, we want to like schedule out the calls and like you're going to be in all these different places. So let alone conversing with your team, but also just clients, you know, different time zones and stuff. Um, it's made it way easier to travel. I don't think I would have been able to do this on my own. There's been, even in Europe, for example, I didn't work as many hours as I would have if I would not have had a team. I wouldn't have been able to do a lot because I would kind of have a whole day while the US was asleep, go explore, do my thing, almost be on vacation, and then start work at like four to 10. And without my team kind of doing the back end stuff and making sure everything was running smoothly, I would have probably had kind of a miserable time in Europe just stressing about things in my head that need to be done, not even being able to enjoy the experience. And now I know like it's over in their hands. They're taking care of it. If they need something, they'll ping me. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I can definitely see the pros and cons, but I think at the end of the day, like getting that flexibility to travel and spend your days while you are traveling doing exciting things. It's really fun to follow like your digital nomad life on Instagram. And I saw your podcast when you were live from a lemon farm, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) What besides like building a team, what sort of steps did you put into place before you started traveling for your business? Y'all... I'm going to, you know, just be honest and say that I really wing it sometimes. Like there's, <laughs> I'm like the opposite of a Capricorn. We are not planning things over here in such a diligent way. Like I didn't know I was going to travel. I'm an open book. And to be really vulnerable, I got out of a six year relationship in May and that's like what prompted it. So it wasn't something that we even really had time to plan for. You know, it was just like, I'm going, see you later. We're going to make this work. And I think that's what's really cool about a dynamic team and flexible people and also a flexible business. And I'm so privileged and lucky and that I've created a remote business because I was going to travel full time in 2020, which obviously didn't happen. And I was going to be a photographer. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just go hustle for shoots in every city that I'm in. And I just can't imagine that would have been miserable and crazy. Talk about a hustle. So I am really grateful my business can be remote and I can just kind of take it with me wherever I go. But yeah, there wasn't a ton of planning. I think it's more about clear communication and then kind of documenting it all. So it's ready to go for the next time. Like, okay, the next time we do this, we have our standard operating procedure of how this is going to work. So as we're troubleshooting, we're at least learning, communicating well, and like making things happen and setting us ourselves up for success later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of touched on it earlier, but how do you manage the time zones with different clients? Like, have you ever had to log in at like two in the morning? I am a huge boundary advocate. Yes. <laughs> I really, really love, yes, I love teaching. It's the first thing I teach on in Camp Clarity. It's like, no, no social media, no pricing, no client workflow. We're working on boundaries. Because I think 
you know, go back to the girl who is photographing at 7 a.m. in Central Park and 7 p.m. at the Brooklyn Bridge. No boundaries, right? Not even like location boundaries of like, hey, I'm going to stay on the Upper East Side today. You can come to me. I had to say yes to everyone. Big recovering people pleaser. So I think as a business owner, if you're going to be able to show up, you have to make it work for you first, right? And obviously keeping your client in mind, like you don't want your client to sign on at midnight and you to just be like, sorry, this is the way that it is. You have to work with people. But I think it's like, okay, what's going to work for mountain standard time, which like Denver, Montana, all of that. A lot of my clients are there, Eastern time in New York. What's going to work for them and what's also going to work for me at a reasonable time. So let's make sure my team plans out say my Calendly to where they're not able to book me in Paris past 10 PM. You know, those, there's only so many hours in the day that they can book that. And then admin tasks can happen at other times. Um, so I just haven't allowed myself to be in that position with good boundaries. Good. I like Love that. that. Yeah. As a recovering people pleaser, mm. which I think we all have a little bit of that in ourselves. So relatable. Amen. I know entrepreneurial life is stressful, freelancing stressful, nomadic life can be stressful. What are you doing for self-care practices? Mm. For a while, which I had to decide, and I might change my mind when I get back to Denver and refresh my suitcase, but for a while I was it was a non-negotiable that I was traveling with like some crystals and, you know, some smell good like Palo Santo or um, I still do have like my card deck. I'm a big Oracle card person, even though my suitcase is overweight always. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> not super practical to have this big card deck, you know, in my bag, but that kind of stuff as simple and cliche as it sounds is something when I'm in multiple different apartments and places all the time and I have no really grounding practices because I'm always on the go, those are things that I can really have out and have some self-introspection and just time with myself to ground myself and tap back into my spirituality, my intuition, that kind of thing. So I love my card decks. I think I've also been, like we were talking about earlier, trying to read more, really shutting off the phone yeah, and trying to read more. Your sleep can get really fucked up while you're traveling. Not only are you jet lagged or different time zones, but you're sleeping in a different bed a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as soon as you get used to one, it's like a new thing. So setting myself up like sleep hygiene wise, trying to shut off the screens and just reading a really juicy fiction book right before bed will conk me out in two seconds. So those are a couple of things that I've made sure I kept and that really ground me while I'm on the go. And also just, you know, moving my body. I know that it makes me feel better. I know that it makes me think clear. I know that it gives me more energy and endorphins and takes away a lot of that stress and anxiety. So whether it's walking 10 miles in Paris, you know, or I took a yoga class in French, which so <laughs> I learned what you know, plank means it's like plank <laughs> and also a spin class, basically like soul cycle in French as well. I learned right and left pretty well in French. 
So just things like that to get me out of my comfort zone, but also get my body moving, I think is a huge practice for me. And just talking to a friend once in a while too. Like I don't have people around me really, depending on where I'm at. I'm pretty solo. So just grounding myself back into my people. I think it's so important to set aside, you know, a weekly, a monthly budget for self-care because health is just as important. And that is one reason why we are working for ourselves to give us the boundaries and the benefits of that. And I even have seen you putting money towards some areas that I have been so excited about, like you have a stylist now. Oh yeah. Good call. Fun. <laughs> yeah. That's been super fun. She's amazing. She's also a client of mine, which I'll, I love hiring my clients. I just have so many cool people in my circle, but yeah, that's made me feel really empowered as well. And kind of it delegates as well. Like decision-making is a lot of mental energy, right? And to to be me and just not into fashion and not even knowing how to put like an outfit together. Like I'm a jumpsuit girl. Just give me a one piece situation and I'm good, but I want to feel empowered. You want to feel confident. It really matters how you show up. So having a stylist, that's like the bougiest thing I could have ever imagined myself doing. It feels weird to say that, but it's been such a cool investment and she's so good at what she does and it's been cool to invest in her. So yeah, the stylist thing is super fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, you don't just need to outsource your business. You can outsource the areas in life that you just don't feel are working as well for you. And I love that because I could, I mean, I would love to get a stylist. So I think it's great. Yeah. Allie McKenna, go check her out. (laughs) Yeah. That's so fun. I totally love outsourcing life's tasks. Yes. My house cleaner is my greatest monthly investment. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with like living alone. I don't ever like come home and like the house is clean. Like the house is always going to be high left because I live alone. So it's so nice a couple of times a month to come home to like a beautiful clean house that I didn't have to put work into. And I think the hours that I get back absolutely like translate into my business. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, if you say you're even a hundred dollars an hour, you estimate yourself at is you cleaning your house for, it would probably take me a long time Yeah, depending on the house, the townhouse I had probably like six hours. If I really cleaned it, like she cleans it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, that's $600. You just, is that worth it? Or could you pay the person $200 to do it faster, better, cleaner? And she's actually enjoying it because that's her zone of genius, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why you should outsource things in your business. If you don't like doing the day-to-day admin, like someone might love the admin or the project management or the design. So you do what you want to focus on and they can do what they want to focus on. Everyone wants. Totally. I just had a friend who was telling me this morning that she has a new business for Airbnb management and she was doing a lot of the on the ground work and they just hired and outsourced somebody and she said that they were clocking in about 15 hours. But for herself, she had been doing it at 25 hours. So she just freed herself up 25 hours a week and now she's able to focus more on the larger part of the business. So yeah, so smart. I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's a great investment all around, whether it be, you know, home or business, I always recommend. I want to go back to uh, spirituality in your business because 
I know you mentioned that you love the woo-woo and bringing crystals and tarot. So what drew you to adding this into your business? Because I know you do a lot with that during your retreats and during your coaching. So how have you found it to help fellow entrepreneurs? Yeah. And I'll like disclaimer, just say I'm not an expert in any of this. Like I'm not claiming to be like a card reader or, you know, anything like that. But I do, I'm very spiritual in general. I always have been. I really believe that everything happens for a reason and we're co-collaborating with the universe. And honestly, that just keeps me sane. If I thought I was out here really, truly doing it all alone, I think I'd probably give up. (laughs) So that's like kind of my lifeline, you know, that, hey, like everything's happening for me. And one of my mantras, you know, when I'm really in a state of gratitude and not sure when the next thing is, but really excited about it is just like, I am so excited for what is to come. I have no fucking clue what it is, but I'm so excited to meet it. And I really live by that. And so, and I have, we all have had things fall into our laps that are so random and unexplainable, but so perfect. And I always say, I'm kind of a fuck the five-year plan person too. It's like, yeah, there's so much that can happen that if we put ourselves in a box and put ourselves on the straight and narrow path that like has to be, I feel like we miss out on so much. Like my five-year plan is blown up in my face so many times, just like getting laid off. I got divorced, like all of these things that I thought my life was going to look a certain way, but it ended up being more amazing than I could have ever imagined. So I'm just a very spiritual human and I like to tap into the external where some people's spirituality is more tapping into the internal and it's just a a walk with themselves and a journey finding themselves. And that's cool too. So the cards I kind of got into actually during the pandemic, I had this deck, this astro deck by Numinous that I thought was literally like an astrology flashcard set. I have no <laughs> idea. And I don't know why I just opened it and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, started playing around with it. And I just realized it's such a cool way to get introspection, just to kind of think about where you're at and have something maybe reflected back to you on a card or a prompt and just really tune into yourself and see where you're at. And I just think business and personal is so intertwined. So we often, you know, I use cards and things sometimes in my coaching calls and just kind of for fun, just to like ground us and like let our minds be blown a little bit. So it's just a true, just kind of fun thing. And yeah, it's something that just kind of guides me personally on my journey. That's super fun. I love pulling cards. I pull a card every day and I'd use it more for like setting an intention. Yeah, love that. Just focusing on this a little bit more today and just kind of seeing where that takes me. But thank you so much for this. Um, We can't wait to see where your journey takes you. Can you leave the audience with a little piece of advice towards freelancing? I think the biggest thing I have learned that's just the game changer. It's not like, a program or a pricing structure or a coach or anything like that. It's to trust yourself. Self-trust is such a muscle and freelancing entrepreneurship is such a personal journey. 
And if you don't trust yourself and get to know yourself, you're going to have a hard time, in my opinion. If you're not into personal development, you probably shouldn't be a freelancer (laughs) because it's going to show you a lot of things about yourself that you're going to need to face and work on, just like confidence and pricing and knowing your worth and being able to show up. So the more you can kind of dig into yourself and not just make it about the business because you are the business, especially as a personal brand. So self-trust is a huge, huge thing that I've cultivated and learned and I'm still always working on. I love that. And where can everyone follow you on social and all your important links? Yeah, I would say Diana Davis creative on Instagram. That's where it's at. Like I am over there. I'm full Gemini mode. I share like crazy. (laughs) You can come follow along on the journey. And I love community. I love cultivating community just like Tia does. And I am here to say hi. It is me on the back end. Like come say hi, come let me know you listen to this. I would love to, to hear from you and just connect with you. And if you're around crazy places in the world, let me know. Maybe I'll be going there. (laughs) We definitely will. Yeah. I think we are all excited. You end up next. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Diana, and I hope everyone goes and listens to Diana's own podcast, Pollen. We actually just recorded an episode, so you can find that there too. Amazing. It's a great one. Go check it out. Thank you so much for listening to For the Love of Freelance and being a part of our community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and join us in our Facebook group at Freelancing Females and shop the freelance shop at thefreelance.shop. Thanks to Janessa Clapp for editing and producing. You can reach us at hello at freelancingfemales.com. We'll see you next time.